Chronicles of Critics. I'm your host, Caleb, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Connor and Andy. We are on a mission to find the best movie of all time. We will be reviewing and rating some of the world's most beloved movies on a scale of 1 to 100, based on the metrics of entertainment, education, and influence, to find out which is truly the best film of all time. I knew that he was going on ahead and he was fixing to make a fire somewhere out in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew wherever he got there, he'd he'd be there. And then I woke up. Is that your best Tommy Lee Jones? <laughs> is that what Tommy G? I, uh, wow, Tommy G. Tommy G. Jones. Tommy Lee. Is that what it even sounds like? That was that was a that was a great Tommy Lee Jones. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Well, the reason we're talking Tommy Lee Jones is because this week we are covering No Country for Old Tommy Lees. Uh, no country for old men. Well, if you want to get really in deep into it, you're right. There's no that country is, for old Tommy the, Lee. The specific old man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're covering this because we have a guest star, not Tommy Lee Jones, but it is Mason, our collective best friend. Welcome <laughs> to the pod, man. Hey, how's everybody doing? We are so excited good. to finally. Who is that directed to? Can I just ask? I guess he's it talking is. to the people listening. Well, it's it's the also people. a conversation amongst us, so I'm doing good. Oh, fair enough. All right, <laughs> check in. <laughs> but I mean, we've had this podcast going for like almost six months now. And we are just now finally getting to Mason because I feel like you just have such an eclectic taste of movies. That it was really hard to match a movie up that, like, you would want to cover that would also, like, apply to our show. <laughs> well, I think Mason also has a very different opinion in movies than all of us. <laughs> movies that we like, Mason's like, that was horrible. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, me and Andy had a uh, long discussion at the apartment about uh, movies and kind of, like, what I like in a film and... and uh I'm not sure if it matched up quite the same as uh, what you guys have rated. <laughs> no, it was, well, it was between this, this No Country for Old Men and MacGruber. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, two complete opposite movies. Uh, pretty similar. <laughs> Both worthy of owning. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about why, why we chose this movie. Why was this the movie that you wanted to cover? Well, like, what is its significance to you? Um, yeah, tell us about your experience with it. Um, no Country for Old Men. The um, I watched this movie a long time ago when I was a kid, and it was it was one of the first movies that I kind of walked away from and didn't quite understand. Um, it was my first introduction to uh, Cormac McCarthy as well. Um, which kind of led me down to kind of read more of, of what he's written. And and so he wrote the book that this movie is based on? Yeah. So he was the original author of uh, No Country for Old Men. Um, one of the other ones that he has done that a lot of people know about is The Blood Meridian. 
um, also the road. And mm-hmm. I know now in a lot of the schools back where me and Andy are from Tucson, um, they're actually teaching that in the high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, we definitely read the road. Yeah. Read the road. Yeah. The movie, I think, and we were in high school and they did the movie adaptation for it. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, I did not. The movie was like, okay. I mean, it was bleak and depressing, but it was yeah. like a decent and movie. That was like one of the, the only pieces of his work that I, I generally didn't enjoy. Um, Outer Dark, I thought was, I don't know if anybody has read it here, but it's very, very strange. Um, <laughs> and the Blood Meridian is just like violence throughout. But this was this in, I guess, the um, No Country for Old Men is like very much on par with how Cormac McCarthy like sees the world and views his own reality. Mm. Wow. That's kind of depressing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so he is. A, he is. Um, uh, people have considered him a nihilist um, hmm. in the sense that, like, he doesn't find like overarching meaning in mundane or everyday um, circumstances. So, for him, these this events that take place in this movie are very much just traditional events that take place one after another and they don't have to mean anything rather than just pure circumstances that you're placed in. Hmm. Hmm. I'm curious, is the ending of the book the same ending of the movie? Do they change it (laughs) for no country? Yeah. Yeah. So I, so the, a f- funny story about, I, so I, I watched this film and I didn't quite understand it when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. like years later, I was like, oh, that's something I recognize. I had a, a library card and I went down to the library. I got it on audio and oh. installed it on my iPod shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was listening to it, listening to it. And halfway through the book, somehow my iPod got switched to shuffle mode. Oh, and no. I didn't notice <laughs> until I finished it. <laughs> And I was just as confused as I was the first time I watched it. I was like, man, that was, that was, that was terrible. I understand. more confusing. Oh, man. Um, so do you remember? Was it the end? Was it the same ending? I don't remember. Oh, man, I'm curious. It was the same yeah. middle. I was like, like that say happened it. in the middle. According to Mason, yeah. <laughs> the ending was the middle and the beginning yeah. was the end. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now because that's all, a lot of the – critical review about this movie is the ending but from what you were saying about mr cormac mccarthy if you know the his his work and his like art is kind of reflects his his mood and lifestyle kind of thing then the ending i think would match up in the book yeah i was actually watching a um an interview that he did with oprah and it's hard to find interviews on him because he doesn't do interviews um but his main goal in life is to not have a job and he Mm -hmm. will work very hard at not having a traditional job because he views life as very short and very, um, very, uh, uh, what would be the word? Like, like passive. It's fleeting, fleeting. Yeah. Um, so he, he lived life with no traditional income and that led him to being very, very poor. He, He had, he tells a story about him getting kicked out of a, (laughs) <laughs> out of a um a rental in New Mexico for $47 a month and he couldn't pay it and he had to get evicted. Wow. Um but but he said things always worked out and something always happened 
um, that allowed him to kind of continue that lifestyle. And that's, I think kind of reflects inside of a lot of his work, Mm -hmm. um, where things always, you know, lead to the second event. Wow. See, this is why we had you on the pod, man, to bring that, uh, that depth to it. You have like such a, a great knowledge, a robust knowledge of Cormac McCarthy and you know, what that brings a lot to the table in this discussion. So, uh, I'm really excited to get into some of the categories with you, especially like education, you know, that's going to be a pretty big one. Um, so shall we, shall we start getting into it? Actually, you know what, before we, before we do that, I got to read some, uh, some listener comments, right? Yeah. Uh, other people's experience of the movie. So let me guess. This movie's terrible. This movie's terrible. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Uh, well, on that note, one person had a C minus review Ooh, in this movie. Wow. So uh, yeah. Josh.Morgan99 says, I've seen it multiple times. And I always forget what happens and how it ends. <laughs> so he says C minus for me. <laughs> I assume that's just the, he doesn't like the ending. Uh, well, it sounds like it may be confusing, hmm. you know, like he forgot what happened. Yeah. You know what, it's not I, memorable. Maybe I don't blame him. Cause I mean, as, as like powerful the ending was, I mean, it was like really abrupt and yeah. like there's this huge buildup of this massive standoff between, yeah. um, between Josh Brolin and Javier. And he Brolin dies off them. screen. And he dies off screen yeah. to not even like to not even uh, sugar. <laughs> yeah, sugar didn't even kill him. It was like, who was, even was that? It was the Mexican cartel. OK, like, yeah. It's those people riding away in the truck. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. I, and that's a big gripe that my wife Haven has with this movie is that. Um, Josh Brolin dies off screen. She's like, what? Just, she feels so cheated by that. Yeah. Um, and tell me Woody Harrelson got a better death than Josh (laughs) Brolin. All right. Come on. I mean, he technically died off screen. Only his hand was in the shot when he died. So that's fine. I don't know. It still counts. But that's like the best part about it. In my opinion, like there, there almost isn't a main character. The main character is the bag of money. The bag of money is the only mm, correlating the MacGuffin. Piece. Yeah, yeah, it's the only thing that they each person shares um, in common with each other. Yeah. All right, another comment from S Apples. S dot Apples uh, says Javier Bardem, right? Yep. Am I saying yep. that right? Uh, couldn't have played his role any better. You legit feel scared anytime he's on screen, <laughs> especially at the convenience store store scene. Like, yeah. yeah, you're you're just like, man, this guy's no idea. He's about to get blown away so easily. You know, like he's gonna die. Like, but he survives just barely. Which I have to say that Javier Bardem's character, like I like I said, I kind of we kind of talked about this earlier, but I guess. I have never seen this movie before. Like watching this movie all the way through for the first, like this last time we watched it for the podcast, I realized I've never seen this movie before. I thought I had, (laughs) I've seen like, I've seen his character. I've seen like Sugar's character. I've seen like, you know, the ending. I've seen bits and pieces of the movie, but like literally his hairstyle 
was burned in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About, like, I just never, like, could understand as a child, like, why would anyone have that ugly, oh, terrible yeah. hairstyle? <laughs> it's like a long bowl cut. Yeah. Like, long. it's the worst. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's kind of like goes with the whole, you know, great characters have recognizable silhouettes. You know who he is by his silhouette because of that awful hair. That's yeah. true. So that's, that's like that's a pretty, true. um, that's pretty smart of them. Smart. Uh, all right. Final comment by Caden underscore Hammond. This is one of many movies for me where I watch it and I'm like, okay, not bad. But the longer I sit with it, the more I crave it again. Mm. Upon every rewatch of this movie, it gets better and climbs my all time favorite list for sure. So it, uh, it gets better with age. More times you watch it. That's definitely fair. Like this movie has to like, sit with you has to Mm -hmm. resonate yeah i agree i mean i've seen this movie once before didn't super love it first time i saw it but watching it this week i was like "Mm, now that was a movie like i i appreciated it even more this time so for sure gets better on the rewatch all right well, so hold on before we get started. Oh, you got you got another thing, dude. I got some questions, man. Okay, okay, Mason can answer. All right, so number one, I want you, I want you guys to know, I want to ask you, did you know what the pressure tank was like before they revealed it? Like, beginning of the movie, like he gets picked up in the in, in the in the cop car and the guy's like calling it in he's like yeah he's got this weird you know like oxygen tank thing like for emphysema or something like, <laughs> like and then later on it shows you like what it's for like did you guys know what it was no idea did no you, yeah. did you guys have no. any guesses what i it thought was? it was for emphysema emphysema <laughs> whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember talking to my my dad grew up on a farm and that's he used to slaughter cattle and he was the one who explained what that was oh mm. no way so he's used that than before i don't know if he's used it it might have been a little more yeah. <laughs> the old the old-fashioned yeah, yeah the old-fashioned like, like like, yeah i mean they didn't have money for stuff like that but <laughs> but uh yeah he was the one who, who explained that like what that was and he said it shoots out a like a six six inch rod, which can go into a skull's head brain or mm-hmm. skull, mm-hmm. penetrate the front of the skull cap, and then and then hit the brain, and then I forget they do it because it's the only way to like ensure no brain activity while keeping blood flow. Yeah, mm. and you know, I mean, like the bullet's not going in like contaminating anything, I guess. But no, I thought it was a flamethrower. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I thought it was a flamethrower because I'm like, it looks like an oxygen tank. All right. I thought he was like, they know the guy he like pulls over on the side of the road that he first kills with that thing that mm-hmm. they reveal you what it, what it is. I thought that guy was about to get toasted. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> I thought for sure. Wow. But all right. So then second question is, did he kill the wife on a more serious note? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I assume so. You think yeah. he did? Why do yeah. you think that? Sure. Because he's a psychopath. He kills everybody. Then he promised. Uh, no, that's only if you lose the coin toss. Moss, well, no, right? he killed lots of people without the coin toss. He only did the coin toss for like two or three people, right? But he did it for her. And he seems like a man that would stick yeah, but, to his. Yeah, those are his rules. His, his code. Rules. His rule. 
Plus, I, he, I watched he, that he, um, he he cleans his boots once he gets out. He cleans, he checks the bottom of his boots yeah, whenever he walks it. out on the porch. And I thought that he was checking for blood, which yeah. I think he did in the hotel scene. He did. Yep, yeah, you're right. So that that's why I think that he killed the wife. Well, well he, also he, going to his rule, did, he promised yes. Luann, uh, Llewellyn. <laughs> it's such a weird name. Um, he promised him he would kill his wife. So that yeah. was also to his code. Mm-hmm. I, I gave your husband my word, you know? Yeah. I think that's, that's his, I think the movie says more. It, there, it's a lot about his character. I think, especially once we get into the educational section mm-hmm. and the promise that he made to his wife um, or about his wife that he was going to kill her. So I think he for sure killed her. Oh Yeah. I, which I'm glad they didn't show her dying. Honestly, like <clears throat> I really liked her. Poor was, innocent little, yeah, yeah. little Carl Southern Belle or whatever that accent was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know that she actually is has like a thick Scottish accent? Really? Yeah, she hides really? it well. She plays she <laughs> plays Merida from Brave. Oh, like she voices. Didn't know she that. voices like the the redheaded Disney princess. Oh. And that's her true. She's not making a voice. She's not making a voice for that. That's her true, her true (laughs) accent. And so hearing, I knew, I know her from other like British things. And so, um, like hearing her with like a a Southern Belle accent, I was like, oh, this is weird. (laughs) I don't know if I like this. Like, (laughs) any more questions, Connor? No, that's it. All right. Well, let's get into our scores then. Um, starting with entertainment. So, like always. In entertainment, we're talking about the genuine enjoyability of the film. Um, did it pull you in? Was it gripping? Um, was it well done in the sense that did it have good directing, good acting, good writing, good um, like cinematography? Everything that makes a movie a movie. Did this hit the mark or not? So let's go around and share our scores, and then we'll have like just a general discussion on all things that fit in this category that influenced our scores. So I'll start. I gave this movie a 78, meaning I thought its entertainment value was great. Mason, do you have a score? You want to, you want to? Uh, yeah, maybe let me think about it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's new to the, the process. Yeah. Did you prep your scores? Like, I did not prep my scores. No. Um, but well, let me I break mean, it down for you. I like, mean, like, I, I enjoy this movie. This is, like, a very rewatch. I don't rewatch movies very often, but this is something that, like, I truly enjoyed watching again. Um, I oh. I watched it with my now fiancé. Oh! <laughs> Mason is newly in, engaged. Yeah. 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 Newly engaged. Um, And she, she traditionally, like, has a pretty big... She doesn't like a lot of movies, but... She was like honestly like freaked out, and she asked mm-hmm. if we like we could like watch the rest. Wow! And that oh. was like I was like oh this is like she's like oh this will have a happy ending. Nope. No. Yeah, um, I'd probably rate it like uh, maybe skip me. Let me think about it. Okay. For a I was gonna say I, I want to rate it an eighty. Oh, so an you think it, it was yeah. awesome, mm-hmm. guys? Guys, a 95. Wow. What? Yeah, whoa. We are in all different categories right now? Yeah. yeah. I'm saying it's great. You're saying it's, Andy say awesome. And you say it's this amazing, Connor? freaking amazing. Yeah. Whoa. Are you kidding me? Whoa. This is, I guess this kind of movie is like 
like the kind of movie that I just like love. Like I can watch these like psychological, like mind bending movies like all day, mm. like things that really like make you think about life and yeah, just like think about what's going on in the movie and all the themes that it just tries to pass on to you. Like, oh man, I could watch wow this movie. It's funny. I, so I, I watched that interview with Oprah and Oprah brought up. So, and, and it might be like the, the, the crew as well. Like the, she goes, I've noticed that there's not a lot of like women in your, in your, in your books. Cause she, I believe she read them all. She's like, there's not a lot of women in your books. And he's like, I, and he said, I don't pretend to understand women, women. And I think they're very mysterious and they're very, they're very, they're very, very hard for me to write about. Oh. Um, so a lot of his novels kind of like cater towards men as well. Mm. So like, it's interesting. He spoon fed me this movie, man. <laughs> yeah. <He> just, <laughs> this movie was made for you. <laughs> yeah. He pulled out. <laughs> it's going to be, oh man, this movie. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'd probably rate it like a 90-ish. Yeah. Wow. 90. Yeah. 90 or 90-ish. You got it. Mm, 90-ish. I think, well. 91. How about that? Yeah, no, let's do a 90. Okay. 90 is good. 90. All right. So 78, 80, 95, and 90. Wow. Some high praise right off the bat for this movie. Okay, so let's dig into that. Why? Why so high? Who wants to start? Andy, you should, you should tell us what you think. So I look, I'm looking at the acting and the story. So this being a film adaptation of a book, um, the little bit of research I did, it's a, it's a pretty good faithful adaptation from the book. Oh. Um, and I think what I really like about it now it's been, so I'll, I'll be honest, I did not watch it. You didn't watch it? No. What? I am recalling from my memory of having seen it for the first oh, time. Oh, so you've seen it before. I've seen it yeah. for the, yeah. Okay. Like going on eight years ago, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I remember, I'm not even going to say I remember, but I think the acting when it comes to Javier Bardem, Tommy Lee Jones, Josh Brolin, like it's... Oh, yeah. it, you know, Tommy Lee Jones established star at that point, but Javier Bardem, you know, I, to I never me, even heard yeah, of him. You, like, this is one, I think the movie that really like propped him up. Yeah. Um, especially as a, um, antagonist. And I think because he was so unknown and I, I watched it after the awards for this movie had came out. So I know like just, um, how much praise this movie got during the award season. Oh and yeah. So you know, watching it, I knew it was going to be big. So, and also like looking at the, the, at just the style, like it's, it's like a Western, but it's not right. <laughs> you know, it kind of follows some, um, some of that theme, but it, it doesn't have like that, you know, true grit feel to it. Yeah. Right. Another Which I do. brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and so I do like that because I'm not like the biggest fan of Westerns, but because this is like, I don't say it's like anti-Western Western. It kind of is. No, it is. I mean, yeah. that's like the whole theme of the movie is like, yeah, it's the dying of the old West coming into this new age, man. So it's, Oh, that's, that's some deep stuff. It's a Connor. new Western. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, <laughs> 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 um, 
Yeah, it is. It is just that movie that makes you think. And when you look at the plot, uh, just the story, it, it is gripping. And I, I remember just being encapsulated in it, just like wanting, like you were saying, Mason, you're just like, want to see how this thing ends. Um, and then your your mind's blown when it finally yeah, does and you're like, it was what very, did I just watch? It was very gripping. Yeah. I think that my my best description for it would be it was a wild ride. Mm-hmm. That's it just I felt very on the edge of my seat constantly, you know, with this uh I mean with sugar. Anton's sugar, sugar. <laughs> walking around with these crazy weapons and just like completely destroying everybody he comes across and um with such skill you know just watching this master killer mm-hmm. stalk people and um and watching Llewellyn kind of get away just by the you know by the bear just yeah. <laughs> just because he was being teeth. yeah by the skin of his teeth by you know just really putting together things, trying to be as inventive as he could to like shake this guy, but he still couldn't do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that just was like definitely heart thumping action for sure. So that's why I graded it so high. So I'm curious. I have a question. Um, When it comes to film adaptations of books, so is this movie good because it's like a good original, it's not an original film, obviously, but is it because the, the, the source material is good or because it's a, a good recreation of it? Because obviously there's movies out there that get recreated and are just god awful. Right. So, yeah. I mean, and the point I guess I'm getting to is um, because it's not like the like an original movie. Um, like I want to rate it like the best movie because, you know, obviously like the book was, you know, the source material of the book is good to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I think like it takes two, you know, it takes two chicklins to make a, an egg or something. I don't know what the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I think that you have to have a good source material in order to make a good movie. And then you have to have good like directors or a good production team to make a good movie. Yeah. And I think this is still well. a very um, I think it makes it better that it's based on a book. Like a book as good as Cormac McCarthy's, like an author that good, mm-hmm. um, because that helps kind of steer this boat a little bit. But you also have the unique flavor that the Coen brothers bring. I think mm, that's awesome. it was very much a Coen's movie. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at things mm-hmm. like just the way they talk. Uh, I think in, in a lot of Coen brothers movies, the way people talk is just so different. Like, I think that's one of my favorite things about True Grit is that the way they deliver their lines is so fascinating. And I saw that come through in this movie as well. So I think, yeah, it, I mean, it was really good source material that they created a screenplay from, which helped, you know, cement that great story that they could then pull in their characters and their actors and their people to kind of fill that in and make it into a good movie. So I think it was a great marriage between the two. And I still think like, even though it was based on a book, it was still had a unique like thumbprint of the Coen brothers on it. Cause yeah. I would say more people would know this as a Coen brothers movie. Yeah. Like this is like the staple Coen brothers movie. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. And versus like a Cormac McCarthy, even though. 
Well, know, I, like I, I had no written, idea but, that this was based on a book until I, we were discussing it last week. Of, and I know, didn't either, man. I, I was, come like, on, because he's re, you know being the only one that's read the book. But that, yeah, I, for me, it's just it puts it in different lens because it's it's. It, to me, sometimes it feels like, you know, they're, they're just taking, um, like responsibility and they're, they're just taking all the praise for, Oh, oh such a great, great movie, man. you know? And, uh, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to happen here soon with Dune cause Dune's been nominated for all these awards and, <laughs> you know, brothers do that too. No. Javier <laughs> 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 Bardem is in it. Though. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. just him. It's all him. Where's Tommy Lee? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did you know he's the sandworm in Dune? <laughs> I don't know. I would say this movie. I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of Cormac McCarthy, and to come up with like an original story like that, like the Cohen, you know, like Caleb said, like the marriage between the two was spot on. You couldn't have asked for like a better director to to film such like a bleak story um but i think it really leverages on the writing style and how cormac mccarthy approaches events um because he does there's another film out that was based off a cormac mccarthy book called the sunset limited and the cast is tommy lee jones and samuel jackson and it's Mm. verbatim word for word the play that that cormac mccarthy wrote and it speaks for itself. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's worth watching. Um, but nothing happens. Hmm. There's, it's two people sitting in a room having a conversation and through that conversation, you get to see Cormac McCarthy's ideas kind of come to life Hmm. and like how he views the world. Um, but you don't have all these like visuals to guide you through it, Mm -hmm. which I think, coupled with the um the Cohen brothers like brought that all to life. Yeah. So it appeals yeah, to like those point. two audiences who 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 want to see, you know, the Cohen style yeah. gunshot, then they get blown back. I mean like the <laughs> the classic the the classic pieces that they add to the story, but also like the people who 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 can't quite wrap their head around why they liked the film in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think in the book, Woody Harrelson dies on screen? <laughs> <laughs> he dies on page. On, on page. On page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Connor, any other thoughts on why you ranked Guys, this so high? Okay. There's, I mean, so many things. I mean, number one, this movie is iconic. Like is, like etched into my brain. Cause I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I love movies and like some movies I love because of my mom, some movies I love because of my, my dad and other movies just cause I love them. But, um, <laughs> this was one of the movies that I love because of my dad. Like he would watch this movie. He's the one I would walk in and watch him like just watching this movie and see the different scenes. But every once in a while, like something that my dad and I like to do when we're together is just like throw on like a really good ending. Like we love, we love endings of things. Like we'll watch the last episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah, my dad does too. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, we just like, we're like hanging out. We're like, you know what we should do? We should watch the last episode of Breaking Bad. I'm like, yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I just want that satisfaction. I just want that feeling. Like it's not necessarily a happy ending. Like this one isn't a happy ending, but there's just something so powerful 
like it's just so quiet yet so so strong and literally just like blows blows me away and we like one day we sat down and i like i said i'd never seen the whole movie i just walked in he was finishing the movie and we watched the ending then we rewound it and watched watched it again and then we watched it again and then we probably watched it like five times just trying to like figure out like trying to like hear this speech like over and over again and it's just like oh this movie and that haircut just red just burned into my brain yeah <laughs> um and then the second thing that i love about any movie or tv show is an amazing villain oh i mean you have yeah. kingpin yep. and daredevil um yeah I mean, Wilson I can Fisk. Wilson Fisk. I mean, <laughs> I can't think of too many right now, but um, but this one truly had an amazing villain. Yeah. I mean, this is why that Batman was so acclaimed for Heath Ledger's performance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, the Joker. Yeah, you're right. He was an amazing villain. I mean, it wasn't even that it was the Joker. It was that his portrayal of the Joker was so it's awesome. So great. And in this one, his portrayal is so simple. I mean, it's really so simple. He just walks around and he just like basically just killing people. That's all he's doing. But the way he does it, his speeches, mm-hmm. his and I guess it, it's truly like what they talk about in the movie of that he adheres to a different code. It's a code above money or drugs. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and I guess that like really resonates with me and just like blew me away. So literally I could probably like when I was watching this movie, uh, I was watching it the way it was meant to be watched guys. Oh yeah. On my phone. (laughs) 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 Movies made for your phone. I was cooking. (laughs) I was cooking dinner, and I had the phone propped up like above the oven, and I was watching it, and I was like, "Man, this is this is a great movie." And like so much that when I I, something would with cooking dinner was would take my attention too far away, I would pause the movie. I was like, "There's only a few movies that I will do that with." Oh, that's that's good to know. I don't want to miss it, man. I don't want to miss it. I was like, "There's too (laughs) much going on." I was hooked and so yeah it's it's funny i i kind of did the same thing or not watching on my phone but like i would pause it if i had to like get up oh i'm getting a snack or i'm going to the bathroom i would not miss a second of this movie and like i definitely had to i know like people um like the the guy who commented on our photo josh morgan Mm -hmm. like he says he like prides himself in being able to walk away from a movie or show or whatever and then come back and be like, I know exactly what happened. I can fill in the blanks of like, I was gone for two minutes and I feel like I can fill in the blanks. Me, I cannot do that. Yeah, I can I am I terrible. Can't do that. I just, I have to watch every single second. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like, what just happened? I'm lost. <laughs> so, I'm just in the bathroom in a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter how old I get, it's still sprinting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do your little crouch sprint in the, yeah. in the front row. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. All right, well, final thoughts on this category. Bravo. Bravo. This movie, oh, mm-hmm. this movie just reinvigorated my life. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning a better man. Wow. Right. That's good. Wow. Yeah. This so it was going to buy a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay. Like that was my only complaint is that I really wanted it to be a flamethrower instead of a stupid cattle product. That's hilarious. Ugh. Yeah. But I did like the versatility of, of the weapon. 
Yeah. You know, you could knock oh, out the locks the and lock. then you could kill the guy also, you know? It's clean. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and clean. It's like a multi-tool. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> basically like a Swiss Army knife, right? <laughs> oh, we that, that would have been our fake ad if we did a fake oh, ad this yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> it's not for your emphysema or whatever that word. Your emphysema. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. to break into a door. Yeah. <laughs> well, our our average score then for entertainment was 85.8. Wow. Woo. So squarely in the awesome camp. Let's see how we felt about education. All right, guys. So what we're looking for in education are what are the themes of the movie, the underlying morals or concepts the movie is trying to pass on to you? Is it trying to teach you something? Does it have worth or how does it engage you mentally or psychologically? Mm-hmm. So, guys. Oh, no. Education. <laughs> this movie changed him. Remember that. It's going to be changed. He's 101, changed, I bet. This movie, I 101. <laughs> this movie changed my life. I mean, like I said, I thought I had seen it. I guess I didn't. I gave this movie a 93. Oh, my education. goodness. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tank this movie. I gave it a 55. In wow. education? In education, what? baby. That's like the heaviest That's like the whole point of, of the movie. movie. Like the whole movie yeah. is just themes on top well, of Caleb themes on top I, of yeah, themes. I got, to be no, I got oh, no moral from this movie. I Are got you no... not entertained? <laughs> there are, there are no, no good I quotes, was entertained. <laughs> I was not educated. I, I mean, I feel like it has a theme. Sure, it has a, like a, they get their message across, but I don't feel like it really has a like a a moral or I mean I honestly didn't find it that mentally or psychologically stimulating like other mm. movies so I don't know maybe you guys can convince me but personally I just felt 55 what do you think Mason <laughs> <laughs> um I'm still trying to like unpack my thoughts on like what he was like trying to convey throughout this thing I think like what Connor said a little while ago was um you know, it's it's this dying out of this new age into this like dystopian style mm-hmm. of existence. And um, I guess a little bit about um, Cormac McCarthy again, if I remember correctly and if somebody, you know, can correct me. Um, but he was born, he was uh, raised uh, Catholic or Protestant, um, raised deeply in the faith. And um, I don't know if he had a falling out of faith um, or he kind of like sits in the silent God. Um, But that's what kind of he comes through uh, with in a lot of his novels and kind of ultimately comes through with Tommy Lee Jones character. Mm. I I forget his name. Um, Ed Tom, where he's trying to make sense of of kind of like his, his life. And he kind of like keeps revisiting this. Like, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? And ultimately at the end, coming to terms with like this new era. Yeah. Um, where I don't know, like the, the, the dream dialogue, but it reminded me a lot of like Dante's Inferno hmm. where he meets the guide and he's kind of like in this pet purgatory state. Um, and he says, you know, I'll, I'll, travel further into the fire. And I know that more will be there Hmm. Um, where he's just kind of like lost a sense of this like stark morality, you know, which, which it started the movie with, which was like, I was, I was, I was a sheriff. My father was a sheriff before me. 
my grandfather was a sheriff before me. Yeah. And it's like very much this like Andy Griffith style, him and his deputy. <laughs> he was just like this pokey guy um, versus like Freddy Krueger. And he doesn't know how to make sense of it, except for the fact that it exists now. And it totally warps his idea of like what? Well, see, I think he was already, already warped. Like, cause he talks about he, he, like, we didn't even used to carry guns. Yeah. He was like, but now like we do, like, I feel like this is already something that he's seeing. Like he's seeing people murdered. He talked about how he saw, uh, someone he, gunned he down te- the porch. Is that? No, no. Wow. He testified about a guy that killed a girl or something like a four year old. And he's like, I, he testified that this guy had been planning it. And that if we ever let him out that he'd do it again, he'd do it again. He told me that he's like, what does this world become? Mm. And so, um, I feel like this is like a reflection of his, his thoughts of that. And just like weighing him down even more, like throughout the whole story of the movie, you see, see it weighing him down more and more. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's my take. Not. Yeah. Well, do you have a score? Do you want to go to Andy? Uh, you can go to Andy. All right. Um, I would give this, ah, man. I want to say I'm, I'm in the eighties, 80 ish. Okay. 80 ish. Um, yeah. 80 ish. <laughs> uh, probably 81, you know, 81. Yeah. All right. 80 ish. I, like I like it. Wow. All right, Mason was the educational value of this movie. Good. Great. Awesome. Amazing. Or perfect. Oh, I don't like giving scores like this. Okay, maybe we can. <laughs> maybe you can give your score at the end of the discussion, and then we'll uh, after after I sway of, you. Yeah, let's let's hear it, Connor. Let's hear what is your um, why is this a ninety three? Guys, oh my goodness, what do you mean? Why is this a, all the philosophy? Like yeah. every discussion that they the philosophy, <laughs> emphysema. I mean, because even that quote. I've been thinking about it all day. It's the, um, which one, the beginning or the end or the middle, the one about the screw in you. (laughs) (laughs) I watch your mouth. (laughs) You keep running your mouth. I'm going to take you in the back and Um, screw you. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, uh, if the rule you followed brought you to this, what use was the rule? Mm. I mean, and I don't know. I keep thinking about like the, uh, I think he's kind of like trying to draw out that um, just how like meaningless just how like it is. Well, he says it to um, Woody Harrelson, right? Yes. So he's like, he's got him cornered. He's going to kill him. And he's like basically pointing out that his Woody Harrelson's like view of life and his way of going about his life ultimately led him to his death right there. So what was the point? What was the value of his? Yeah. So I and, a- and like the, the actions are always in motion. He's never, um, things are always progressing as if they were. Um, I mean, it's kind of like the coin toss. It's, it's yeah. why he never tells the rules before he flips the coin. Once the mm-hmm. coin's in motion, it's already done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I think what, what I have to say about that though, is that all of these going on of, your the quote more on less the coin toss, but um, basically this movie is about three people, 
All right. You have Tommy Lee Jones, Josh Brolin, and Javier. I don't know any of their names, but Javier Bardem. Um, you have you have good represented here, which is Tommy Lee Jones. He's been a a honorable sheriff all of his life. Him, his father before him, and the father before him has been working trying to make the the world a better place. And then you have Josh Brolin, who is more of a gray character. Mm-hmm. He's really not a bad guy. I mean, but he's not really a good guy either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stumbles upon these these people shot dead in the desert and he starts rifling through their stuff in the truck. And then he sees a guy like begging for water. And he said, no, I don't have any, no, no agua. I don't have any water. There ain't no Lobos. He's like a product of like the new society. It's like a part of both. So he's like a very gray. And then, but he goes back with water. He goes back. So that's the good in him. That's what mm-hmm. makes him gray, yeah. not evil. He's his like, well, you gave me $2 million. I'll give you Like His motivations are muddied by just the initial act of stealing the money. Yeah. 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 And then at the end, I mean, Javier Bardem comes to the, the house and says, your husband, what did he say? Basically gave you up. Yeah. Your husband like gave you up. Like he had a chance to save you and he didn't. Mm-hmm. He chose to try and fight him, which he lost and he yeah. like get close. But, but, and then you have evil rep- represented in um, Javier Bardem. So I think that the whole idea of him saying that to Woody Harrelson specifically is that Woody Harrelson is another gray character. He's not exactly bad. He's not exactly good, but he's not exactly bad. I mean, he came to, he found Josh Brolin. He offered him a way out, a deal, and was going to handle the Antoine um, Sugar for like for him. But only if he took this deal. And so he comes (laughs) to him and says, What's the point of of having these rules if it's going to lead you to this point of the idea that you're, living in this gray area, you have some rules that inhibit you from being totally good, but are totally bad. But then you have other like um, freedoms that keeping you from being totally good. So therefore you live in this gray area and the totally bad part, the to- the not totally bad part led um, mixes in with the, the not totally good part and led him to his death. He, he mm-hmm. put, put his hands in both little parts and he had some rules that he could have, Maybe mm-hmm. if he didn't have those rules, he could have killed Javier. If, if not, maybe he wouldn't even be in that situation. Mm-hmm. All right. That's my, my take. Well, nice. I mean, let's see. My I'll probably do like a 91. A 91. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Because I think like the two, these two, this is like what the past two categories are what we like just spent all the time talking about. It's like what it meant. And like visually how they represented it. And yeah. I think those two did incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, literally like, yeah, this movie's, this movie's incredible. So, so I like the, the theme of like good evil and like sort of muddied in the middle. Right. But for a movie to have a good, like moral, you have to see that through. It's one thing to have the theme of good and evil, but it's the other, it's another thing to have good vanquish or overcome evil. Mm. I think that would be a powerful message, you know, like, yeah, love always wins or, or the, the good guy, the hero prospers. Like 
you know, but it, that's not what happened in this movie. What happened was the, the bad guy got away. The gray guy just died like insignificantly. And then the good guy sort of gave up. And I don't view that as a good moral or good message at all. It's kind of a bleak. And I'm not to say that, you know, writing a bleak story is bad, but it is a bleak message. And I don't find that compelling. So hmm. yeah, I would, I would say, <laughs> okay. So I would, I would say yes, close to being a nihilist. Like that's how he views the world. It's but bleak. yeah, and I think it that's a more bleak. accurate representation than to use your word, Caleb, the bleak stories where the good guys always win. Right. Because so in this movie, I think Javier Bardem, what is his name? Like Chirul, Chirug? It's like Chugar. Chugar. Anton Chugur. 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 So (laughs) he is more representative of of death, literally. Right. Mm. And so a lot of the uh, just the, the critique of this movie is its ending because, you know, the bad guy wins. But it's not that the bad guy wins. It's that the the course of nature, you know, is is true in the sense that it's just facing our own mortality, which is we're all going to die anyway, right? So I, that's how I kind of look at it from this that lens is that like Javier Bardem, he's he's just fulfilling that that layer, I guess. Yeah, and the sheriff. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, he's, he's grappling with, with the guilt of not having to, not having been able to save, um, Josh Brolin's character and dealing with, like you were talking about Mace, like the, you know, that fantasy that he kind of grew up into. Um, and that, but that's just not how life is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I don't think Shigur saw himself as a good or bad character i think he saw himself as a person appointed to her well he held you know yeah. you're right though he, he held himself up to a different standard mm-hmm. i mean everyone that wronged him that got in his way and or anything he killed he killed he would like he killed like all of his bosses like he walked into the building and shot the his boss in the neck and watched him die because he gave another transmitter to the, the Mexicans to the opposite oh, side. Yeah. And so that's that, or that whole thing of where he lives on a different code. He lives on a different, uh, a different morality of it's his own, his own appointed morality that he lives above any known, you know, any, any normal code. He's a different kind of, of evil. He may not see himself as evil, but he's just a different kind of evil. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, and I think to go on your part, Caleb, um, the idea of this isn't, I mean, is that there's so many different themes like inner interweaving in this and why the ending was a good ending because of like what was going to happen next. You know what I mean? Like the whole, what's the name of the movie? It's no country for old men. And you see Tommy Lee Jones represented as an old man in here where he's, he's playing a young man's game. 
You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he goes to that guy's house in the wheelchair, which I wasn't really sure who that guy was. Was it his, his family member? Like it wasn't his dad, but I thought um, it was like an old member of the force. Maybe it was, maybe it was like but, an old sheriff. But, um, and he, he hears all these stories about these, these lawmen dying brutally. Like uncle Mac was shot down in his own, on his own porch. <laughs> His dad, his dad died. The guy that he was talking to got shot and was, was crippled. And so I think it was the him realizing that this is a young man's game. And he kept getting asked by the, the DEA agent, um, to like go out and look at the crime scene. And he, you know, the whole thing, he's just a pessimist about everything. He's like, Oh no, why would I go out and see that crime scene? I already know the, you know, well, well, uh, there was a really cool quote that he said, he's like, they just died of natural causes. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) natural in the line of work, naturally in their line of work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) that's great. Yeah. I think, I mean that I, I did, at least get that message of like, I understand the title of the movie that no country for, for old men just means that oh, good, good. Yeah. Okay. That, that came through <laughs> <laughs> just that basically there's, there's a new type of evil they're dealing with um, that he just um, can't handle, you know, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a new world. But, and I think that that's what ties into his, his quotes at the end though. His his uh his dreams I should say that he that he has at the end, mm-hmm. so. Which side note is there anything less interesting than hearing someone else's dream? Like, do you guys actually enjoy hearing about someone's dream? Because I could not be like any <laughs> less interested. I, I mean, in the movie, of course, uh, yeah, it, uh. it was like a it was like poetic. But if someone tells <laughs> me about their dream in real life, I'm just like, that has absolutely no worth at all like why why would you tell me that the you know like what's the point of that story there is no point because it's a dream it's a dream (laughs) you know that's really fair and you know what it's funny because he says that in the movie he's like he's like she asked him well dream of anything interesting he says well every it's only interesting to those involved or whatever he says the party's involved yeah the party's involved Hmm. All right. Any yeah. other any other thoughts on education? Um, well, I, I could I could probably go on, but go for, go for it. I mean, no. we got to hear from I, Mason I, I too. Do, I do feel like, I mean, Cormac McCarthy does not like. He says everything with intention, and being a dark Catholic, um, just like with Outer Dark, like a lot of like biblical symmetry, like imagery. Um, dreams in the faith are a way to like speak to um, like the higher power or them like a way to speak in through you and mm. um, this was him kind of like I, I would have to rewatch the movie there's something about like his faith or why God is so silent Um and he says, I always thought in old age that God would find me. Yes. But he says, now I understand why he wouldn't want to find me or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that dream kind of solidified like his relationship with his own creator of just like this, this, the silence. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
I got nothing. I got nothing else. Yeah. Got nothing for um, that. Yeah. I think that that pretty much wraps up that category. Our average was 80, by the way. Ooh. So still in. You didn't take awesome. it? No. Nope. No. You guys overpowered me. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So final category. Influence. Right. So with influence, we're looking at the, uh, the, the context of the film and how it connects to history and culture. Um, whether or not change to better society and its impact on pop culture. I gave this a 50. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, are you ready? I gave it a 55. Whoa. Wow. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I gave it higher. I gave it 60. That's Caleb. You're, you're like backwards with this movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I was going to rate it somewhere around there too, because I mean, it's not like this pop culture icon. No. Yeah. No. No. It's its like own a- separate thing. Well, so what would you give it? Like specifically <laughs> around that 50 ish. Okay. All right. I mean, but, but it did win a huge award. Yeah. yeah well, that's with the only Javier reason. Bardem. And I, my, my point with this section is the only influential thing to come out of this movie um, is Javier Bardem. Yeah. It's like these, these very renowned actors being associated to this. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, like, I, I would call this movie a cult classic. But yeah. cult classics aren't exactly the most in- influential things. I mean, this this movie is amazing. It's got amazing acting, directing, like the themes and styling of the whole movie are just so interesting and exciting. But does it, what does it have? I mean, we couldn't even figure out any quotes of this one, guys. We had to like dig deep on this. <laughs> but I, like, I, I want to point out that it's not a bad thing that it doesn't have influence because if it's yeah. just a one and done, like, I think it's a good thing that nobody's tried to be like, oh, let's let's make No Country for Old Men, but Star Wars or space or, you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because I think that's when you start muddying the waters and then you pop into Marvel or um, it's like no world for old men. Yeah. No, no universe for old men. Like every sequel just gets bigger and bigger. No multiverse <laughs> yeah. for old men. Right. I think that. Yeah. So I, I think we're on I mean, something here, though. Guys. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a fine line when you walk with with influence. And, you know, it's not the most quotable, but it's not it's not a quote machine, which is probably why Caleb doesn't like this movie that much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, I mean, the reason I gave it 60, though, was because, honestly, just because of the Oscars. Like, just it just cleaned yeah. house. It got Did best it really? picture, best writing, best directing, and best supporting actor for Javier Bardem. So yeah. I'm like, that's uh, that's some pretty major, I mean, it got best picture. Mm-hmm. So that means something, you know? Um, and like, I'm, I, I like watching the Oscars, but I don't really set a lot of store to them. Like, um, yeah, they have a whole different set of metrics that I don't feel like is congruent with like the average Joe perspective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But oh, still I have to give be. that credit. I mean, like yeah. it is very entrenched in the film culture, you know? Um, so what the Oscars have to say matters to a, to a certain degree. Uh, also, I wanted to include, so uh, our, our old buddy, Jedi Shocker, jo- uh, <laughs> Jedi Sean Shocker Walker. Jo- we, haven't, we haven't quoted him in a while. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, he didn't have a comment, but he did submit his 
category scores. Wow. So it's funny. Wow. He, he always responds to the, like, rate this on a scale of 1 to 100, but he doesn't give it a score of 1 to 100. He gives a breakdown of his entertainment, education, and influence scores. Hmm. So in this one, he gave it a 40 for entertainment, what? 45 for education, and a 20 for influence. Wow. He just tanked this. Yeah. I know. We're not going to factor his scores. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, uh, oh, I, I I don't want to reveal the listener score just yet, but mm. I wanted to include his little uh, little influence there. But yeah, he did not have a very high view of this movie. Um yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I have to give it at least somewhat of a good score just because of the Oscars, for sure. Yeah, and I think it, we have to give it a good score yeah. on influence you can, uh, because add we're all sitting around here watching it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you, you look at, like, the influence of the book to have been made into a movie. Yeah. Uh, there, There's, like, something there that I'm yeah. trying to, like, I, I, piece together, right? Because if it's, I don't know when... The book was written. I don't know, Mason. If you have, do you have any idea? idea, right? But like, there's, the there's 2000s. like, you know, there is something there for it to be put into like production, and then of course, if it does well, then they're gonna do more books from John McCarthy. Okay, McCarthy. You know, the road. There AKA is something the funny though that I probably should share is that I uh, it must have been three months ago I actually did give uh, Caleb a. Cormac McCarthy book to read and he can talk a little bit about that right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I sitting on my shelf still. Unopen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Unopened book. Well, yeah. I'm still getting through the book Andy gave me, which was Star Wars Heir to the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> That's more Caleb's level. That's definitely more yeah. my speed. I'm yeah. about uh, 50 pages away from ending that one. So but, then I'll okay. pick up yours, there okay? You but, you but the book I gave him was the other one that, that does have Tommy Lee Jones in it. Okay. Um, and if you read that, then this movie would totally make sense. Really? So I'm going to I'm going to read that book and then I'm going to change my education score and this movie's going to be like the top of our list. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. As soon as Caleb finishes that book, this movie's on the top of our list. So in like 5 years, <laughs> there you go. We'll yep. <laughs> yeah. finally get bumped up. It is 50 pages long, so I mean <laughs> Oh. <laughs> That's some heavy reading you guys. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> That's like 10 pages a year right there. Oh god. <laughs> I just really got to let it soak in, man. <laughs> so much depth. All right. Well, are you guys ready to hear the final tally? Let's hear it. Okay. So, um, entertainment, 85.8. Education, 80. Influence, 56.25. Ouch. Ouch. Ooh, yike. That just tanked it right there. <laughs> Brought us down so that our overall average is 70.6. Okay. Oh. Or no, we're still in- 74. Uh, 70.6 was the listener. Man, thing. I revealed it already. <laughs> so wait, we gave it 74. Okay. That was our overall score, meaning it was great. Yeah, great right, movie. Yeah. <laughs> right above when Harry met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wait. way above. Harry met Sally like in the 60s, man. But the real question it's is It's right under the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> how did it compare against Hocus Pocus, though? <laughs> well, I took all the seasonal movies off of our like oh, okay, long good, running good, list. Good. So, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, seventy point six. So we we gave it a better score than the listeners did by a long shot. Um, 
<laughs> Actually, no, the listeners gave it a 250.6. If we're including some, some maniac gave it a thousand. <laughs> what? It was Mason. What a, oh, Mason. <laughs> what a bozo. Uh, but yeah, so uh, still around there. 70 and 74. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a better movie than The Mummy. Well, I mean, it, it is. But I think when you break it down to these different categories, it just, you know. We'll do a yeah. little matchup real it's quick. It's hard with the influence one. Little Sorry, matchup. go ahead, Mace. Finish your thought. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I was just going to say, it's hard with the influence being thrown in there. Yeah. Like, some of these lesser known movies, just because like, it, the cultural impact doesn't stretch as far as. Yeah, and it really hurt it that just the education just really sucked. I mean, because <laughs> because it would be way different if this was if we did the road instead. Because mm. I mean, they're teaching this in school. Yeah, like yeah. and the influence is like you know. I know why aren't they teaching this in to, school? Like I, know, I would guys, rather read this. Because the educational world. value of this one <laughs> the sucks. No one kids to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you going to say, Andy, about a matchup? So, yeah, uh, a matchup. Rick O'Connell, Brendan Fraser versus mm-hmm. Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem kills him in like two seconds because <laughs> okay. he just like pulls out a shotgun and shoots him in the face. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He, he Rick O'Connell went up against the mummy. An undead An being, undead right. mummy that couldn't die for a long time. Essentially death. And he won, mm. but 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 um, Anton Segur is like a ghost. Yeah, Anton like Segur would show up in his house, and he would be like, "Who are you?" Yeah, he'd then be- he would flip a coin, and then he has a 50-50 shot of living. So, and then Rick O'Connell would actually <laughs> take that bet. He would be like. <laughs> And then he'd be dead. <laughs> he'd be dead. All right. Oh, All right. man. <laughs> <laughs> we should do an episode of just matchups of like antagonists. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Well, Voldemort would be there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, Darth Vader, man. Come on. <laughs> the witch is in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, any other closing remarks on this movie um, as we're winding down? Guys, go watch this movie. Yeah. You have you made it through all this podcast and you've never seen this movie, which is highly unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) It's um, yeah, it's a it's a good watch. I was really pleased when I went to go turn it on that it was under two hours, like just barely. But I'm like, oh, that's nice. It was two hours and eight minutes. It was like an hour and 56 minutes. No, it's two hours and eight minutes exactly on the dot. No, you're watching all the credits or something. Because I, start, I, I started it last night. But yeah, well, you kept pausing it, man. I don't know, man. It's, it's, <laughs> under, it's under two hours. What is the runtime, Andy? Are you looking up? Oh, uh, the movie? It's like... <laughs> two uh, hours, eight minutes. No, it is not. Two hours, eight minutes. What minutes? You, say you raised your score. You raised your <laughs> Let's get it above the mummy. Let's get it. Oh, you're, you're like wagering. If it, if this movie is two hours and eight minutes, you're going to make your score 70 yeah. in education. Heads or tails? <laughs> Ooh. I'm just saying, I'm used to watching like three hour movies for this podcast. And I'm oh. just, it's so much nicer to settle into a, a two hour thing. You know, what was the, what did you guys guess? I say 158. Two hours, eight minutes. 158, two hours, eight minutes. So it's two hours and two minutes. Oh, 
Oh, wait. Caleb's closer. No! <laughs> there you go. Cut out the credits and you and, and you got... Um, yeah, you, you probably got, got yours. Two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Just barely. Price is right rules, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Uh, I went home with a boat. <laughs> <laughs> no showcase for you, man. No showcase. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all for tuning in, uh, for listening till the end. If you're still with us, um, please follow us on Instagram. That's where we're most active at Chronicles of Critics. Uh, we post our score rundowns and also like to get your comments so we can read on the show like we did earlier. Um, so yeah, we definitely want to hear your voice and, and want you to engage with us so we can just enjoy this conversation about movies. That's what we love to do. That's what we're here for. So please do that. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can now leave us a rating. Um, so leave us a rating and tell us what you like or what you would improve about our show. Maybe, um, on Spotify, we'd love to hear from you. Mason, do you have any other closing, closing remark? Remark. We need to hear from our special guest tonight. <laughs> well, uh, I have a lot to say. <laughs> All right, but I'll save that for another time. Uh, okay. Oh, he's okay. teasing us. All right, we'll have to have him back. So, what movie we're gonna watch next time? Like MacGruber. I don't know. MacGruber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Have yeah, you ever no, seen no. Pokemon 2000? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about influence. Not the first movie? Not, not Pokemon? Legacy. What's the one with Lugia? Pokemon 2000. 2000.